You are listening to Two Rare Mama Bears, a Cure CMD podcast where we discuss all things congenital muscular dystrophy and rare disease. I am Maddie Manley, a Pacific Northwest mom to an adorable son with CMD. And I am Megan Meyer, a Midwest mom to a sweet daughter with CMD. Together, we are Two Rare Mama Bears. We hope to share with you challenges, struggles, triumphs, and accolades in the congenital muscular dystrophy and rare disease community while learning and growing along the way. All right, everybody. Today we have Miss Alex Stacy, also known as Weirdchair Rapunzel. So glad we have you here today, Alex. I'm excited. Yeah, so I met Alex the beginning of April in Chicago. I was in town for an event. And we met up for some adult beverages. Too bad I don't have one to cheers you with at the moment. Pretend. Yeah, pretend. Cheers. Cheers. The conversation that evening was awesome and fabulous. And, you know, that night we really discussed kind of what was happening in the disability space and what we all could do to save the world in the disability space. Yeah. Our own respective communities. And by the end, I think we found that we both have some common ground. And that this podcast was a way that we could reach out to each other's communities and in our own small corners of the world make a difference, right? Yes, amen. Amen. Before we get into the exciting announcement that we have associated with this podcast, I'm going to read a quick uh, review that we have of the podcast, and then we're going to jump right on in. So this review is from Blake and Tessa Gailey who are parents to a recently diagnosed child with congenital muscular dystrophy. Blake wrote that he has listened to all the episodes on a recent business trip and he appreciates comments about finding our tribe. Tessa added that a valuable takeaway from the podcast is understanding that there are moms out there fighting a very similar battle to theirs and their families. They're traveling a road they never thought uh, they would be on. And while it's sometimes scary and unknown, Together, we offer strength, encouragement, and knowledge. This podcast fills a critical need in the podcasting world, and it's to discuss issues related to caregiving for someone with congenital muscular dystrophy or a rare disease. So I think what Blake and Tessa said is that it is scary, unknown, but together we can offer strength and encouragement and knowledge, and that you, Alex, are a perfect, perfect example of that. Yes. You do offer strength and knowledge and encouragement with your life experiences. And how you share them with everyone, how open you are and ready to be real and kind of raw with our community. Yeah, I think that's super important for me is just to be as real as I can and just like authentic. And I'm like a 20 something year old, so it's hard to get like caught up in, you know, social media and like social media expectations, but I really feel like I'm the opposite of that. Like, I don't really follow any of those fake social media rules because I feel like in order to share my story, I just have to be as authentic as I can because then people really relate to me better and, like, relate it to their lives. It just has a bigger impact on people. Definitely. Agreed. Alex, you're originally from Chicago grew up in Chicagoland area, right? Yes. I grew up in the suburbs, um, but now I live like in the city, downtown. Have you always known your diagnosis since you were little, little, little? 
So me and my mom have talked about this because I've always been like, how did I figure out that I had SMA? Like, did you and dad sit me down somewhere and just tell me like, by the way, you have SMA and this is what it is. Um, but that never really happened in my family. I just was a very smart kid and I think I just knew without any like super exclusive conversation. My parents were always very not um, kind of focusing on my disability. And so I kind of just always knew that I had this somehow. I'm sure I overheard conversations or something. So those that don't know, it is spinal muscular atrophy and yours is type two, correct? Yes. How old were you when you were diagnosed? I believe I was about 18 months old. And growing up, what was life like for you? Did you have certain hobbies or passions? Yeah, so I was kind of a tomboy when I was younger. I loved swimming. I was a fish. I never wanted to get out of the water. I felt like that was a super, you know, freeing thing for my body, just to be able to, like, move freely in the water. And I really didn't need assistance with that. I could swim on my own, which was super nice. And... I liked, what else? We did a lot of, like, boating and fishing and just kind of, like, outdoorsy things. And I was always into, like, just, like, kind of boy things, like video games. Um, I feel like a lot of people with disabilities are into video games Mm -hmm. because it's something that everyone could kind of do together. So, yeah, that's kind of my interests as a child. Did your interest change as you got older? Are those still hobbies that you love today or have those things changed? Yeah, I definitely do not like boating. I refuse to get onto a boat unless it's like a yacht that you can't feel it moving or a pontoon boat because I hate like bumpy, like the bumps on like speed boats. It scares me. But yeah, and I still love like, I still will play The Sims sometimes. Just like as a stress relief, I'll always play The Sims, no matter how old I am. (laughs) But yeah, and I definitely got more into like advocating as of like the past year, I really started diving into advocating and like blogging. And I'm a writer, so I write poetry too. Was there something that spurred your jump into advocacy and blogging and kind of your social media presence? Yeah, so I I graduated from SIU, and I kind of just didn't really know what I wanted to do. I tried to get some jobs. I wasn't really having any luck, and it was super discouraging. I just felt like a failure, and I needed to pay my rent. So I kind of had this, like, turning point. I was, like, kind of – I've always had, like, a weird relationship with alcohol, not the best relationship. And so I was just drinking a lot, and something happened medically while I was in the hospital. And then when I got out, I was like, okay, I need to make a change. I was like, all right, I just need to, like, figure out what I want to do in life and what my interests are. And I decided to make an Instagram. And I just found out that I was really good at it. I was good at not just sharing my story, but, like, Instagram in general. Um, And so I just kind of started doing that, and it kind of just started picking up momentum. Did you do Instagram before your blog, or was your blog a precursor to Instagram? 
I so I have like my blog on my website, but most of like what like I feel like my followers read is my Instagram posts. But I have more formal blogs on my website. But before I started this like new wheelchair Rapunzel Instagram, I did have one and it was just like horrible content. <laughs> just horrible. I I don't even know how many followers I had. But it was just like random bad pictures. Can we back up just a few steps about your experiences at college? Just because I know we do have a fair amount of listeners that are either college students themselves or parents that are helping their children to transition to college. Mm -hmm. You were at Southern Illinois University in Carbondale, Illinois, and studied rehabilitation services, right? Yes. Okay. So did you find college to be accessible? Or did you have to work at accessibility? I definitely went to SIU because I knew it was very accessible. I have friends with disabilities that went there, and one of their main kind of things I wanted to go there for was the accessibility, and because it was, like, pretty far away from my parents, so that was definitely a draw to it. But, yeah, so it's very accessible, and... I didn't really have many issues as far as accessibility in college. They were pretty accommodating. They have a center, a disability center that helps you with anything you really need. Um, but I've always been stubborn and I never want to utilize disability services. I've, I've just always been like that. So the only services I utilize, obviously, I had an accessible dorm room. I had extra time on tests. And they also converted, like, textbooks for me, but I never even utilized that. So I didn't really utilize too much. And as far as the accessibility on campus, it was very good. Personal care attendants, assistants, did you yeah. find them easy to hire, hard to hire? So, uh, how did that work out for you? So at some colleges, they assist you with, like, getting them, but SIU doesn't. Um, so it was all up to me. And yeah, it was, I wasn't that like nervous about it. I knew I could do it. I'm smart and resourceful. So I was just like, all right, this is something I have to do. Um, so I would just like post an ad on the job website for SIU students. And that's how I found like some of my PAs. And it was the first time I had to like hire people and manage people and some of these people are like three or four years older than me and I'm just this like little 18 year old like can you help me wipe my butt and so um yeah it was it went pretty well I learned a lot though like I mean there it's rough having to manage people that are helping care for you um so I definitely learned that you need to be organized you can't just wing it which is something I did do in my, like my freshman year. I bet the organizational part and the independence is probably helping you run your own business right now. Oh yeah, you cannot not be organized. Like you have to be to be successful. Yeah. Which yeah. is kind of annoying because I would see all my friends just like winging it. Like, oh, let's go to the bar tonight. But like, I couldn't do that. I'd have to plan for like a PA to come help me at like 2 a.m. if they'd be willing to. 
and like other like who's gonna help me pee and I'm out or drinking so I did get like kind of upset about that sometimes but it's just something that's a part of my life and you just have to deal with it so you exited college hitting the job market was difficult which is then when you realized self-employment was gonna be your sector and and it didn't really kind of happen like that like it was honestly just like so I started blogging on Instagram I was gaining momentum and everyone in my family was noticing that like I had this kind of marketing ability that was like crazy good and they're like Alex like do something with that like you could be doing something with that and I discovered that like people on Instagram kind of you can build a brand and like make money. And so I didn't even really have this in mind. I was just like, all right, I'm going to make something cute and see what happens. So that's when I started Love Your Jeans and I just started selling some beanies. Hmm. And they got really popular. I'm like, oh, like this is awesome. Like I can make this into something bigger. And that's kind of what I did. I love that you started and it was something that you just kind of naturally were like, oh, I'm going to go with this. Oh, this went well. This is going well. Oh, maybe this is where I'm going. And you just kind of took off from there. Whereas instead of being like, this is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to do it. You were like, I am good at this. These are my excellent skills and ran with it. Yeah, that's exactly. There was no like organization like I didn't have a business plan I was just like let's just see what happens so let's roll the dice I know I'm good at this and ended up you know turning out amazing that's so cool so you did the beanies and then you got into shirt design mm-hmm. what was there something that you saw in the space of shirt design that you were like oh I'm gonna I'm gonna enter that market and try this or just the popularity of the beanies just kind of took you into yeah. yeah, and honestly, it wasn't even, I just, like, listened to my followers. So people would, like, be like, all right, like, do you have a shirt? Do you have this? Do you have this? I'd be like, oh, wow, like, people, like, you know, people want this stuff. Like, there's a market for it, and I should just, you know, do what I do. And so I kind of just cr- started creating designs. That, I mean, they're, they were okay, but I'm not a designer, so I was pretty intimidated. And so I definitely did a ton of research and, like, figured out what other small shops were doing. And, like, I kind of tried to keep things, like, trendy. And so I just started creating designs and selling shirts. Mm-hmm. How quickly were you – I mean, were you surprised by how quickly things were growing? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I was like, this is, this is awesome though. And then obviously like when you run a small business, there are some kind of like lulls where things are slower. Um, so that did happen for like a few months right before I started my new collection. That's like super, super popular, um, which is amazing. So it's just awesome to have the power to be able to like put new stuff out and like just like create what you want to create. And the new collection that you're talking about is Barbie? So I have, like, I, I would just say, like, so I started with Love Your Jeans, and then I started 
releasing all this new merch. So I'd love to save a body, to save lives matter, not Barbie. Thank you, next. And those are all I would say, just like more body positive kind of that's that's where I wanted to go with it. I was like starting to kind of talk about body positivity a lot. And I was gaining momentum on my Instagram from that. So I was like, I'm gonna bring that to my shop because that obviously resonates with so many people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think in the disability community, outside of the disability community, supporters Everybody. of the disability community. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's something that impacts everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. And like a lot of people that aren't disabled by my merch because it's, you know, it's just something that's needed. Like there are so many types of people and bodies that aren't represented anywhere or on a very, very small scale. So I feel like it's something that is just like, so needed right now well and i like your tagline redefining beauty through inclusion self-love and body positivity yes like putting that inclusion piece yeah in the forefront and like yeah it's just i those three things i feel like are so important to me and just so many people like allies and disabled people and just like everyone Mm -hmm. So you started seeing pieces gain popularity and then literally start to ship all over the world. Mm-hmm. So is that surreal? It is, yeah. I uh, I just got my first New Zealand order recently. And I know it's because my documentary came out, so like people from all over the world are seeing it. And I just like add countries to my shipping list as they ask me. So people be like, oh, do you ship to New Zealand? And I'm like, no, but I can. And so, yeah, I just have a picture of this cute, adorable little SMA girl in New Zealand that was wearing my shirt. And it was just like, it makes me want to tear up because it's just crazy that it's something that was in my apartment that I created is on this beautiful little girl with my disease on the other side of the planet. All the feels. <laughs> All the feels, right? It's so- All the feels. You're going to have to start a pin map of where you're shipping to and pin it. Ugh, I'm I going to do that. I was going to do that. I need to do that. That's something I need to do. When your mom comes over, you'll have to Instagram her pinning the next place. Mm-hmm. Yes. You'll have cooking lessons with mom and then pinning <laughs> videos with mom. I know, ever since documentary, people love my mom. But your mom is so funny. Your mom is one of your platforms all of her own. Right? She is. She's, she's hilarious. She's a, a baddie mom all on, yeah, she's a poster child for baddie mom. Oh, no, she really is. Speaking of, the moms that are listening to this, go check out Alex's shirt in her shop that says 50% baddie, 50% advocate, 100% mom. Yeah. Love it. I'm going to need one. I might have just bought it yesterday. I was just on the website looking at stuff to order <laughs> yesterday, too. I saw your order come in. I'm like, yes. It's going to just, like, accentuate your baddiness wherever you go. Yep, yep. And it's pink, so it's kind of an oxymoron of baddie in pastel pink. I was going to get the pink one, too. Whoop, whoop. Twins. We'll wear it to San Diego together. I love it. Ooh, 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 ooh. Alex, we're both going to be in Chicago in July. Really? Yeah, yeah, really. We'll come right. by and get a photo. Uh, mm-hmm. End of July. 
Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I might be at camp, but... We'll, like, coordinate, we'll coordinate dates and see if we'll, all three of us are in town and we'll have yeah. our shirts on. I can't yeah. wait. We have to make it happen. We can make it happen. You have quite the social media following, as we've talked about. Do you have a favorite part about interacting with your friends on social media? Um, so I think my, I think it's just honestly, like, it's important to stay humble because I do have a lot of, like, a big following now, I guess, and, like, some people that I know or, like, my followers sometimes will be like, oh, I'm, I'm such a big fan, or, like, you have fans, Alex, I'm like, mm, no, I don't, like, I don't have fan. like, that just sounds weird to me, um, and I don't have, like, a million followers, like, I have, like, like, I think 17,000, so it's just, like, kind of, I don't know, it gets weird, but I think my favorite part of it is the messages I get from everyone, like, moms, children, people my age, disabled, not disabled, that send me, like, these tear-jerking messages, Hmm. and it's just, like, I get them kind of frequently, and it, it just never gets old, and it's just... It just makes me, like, feel, like, amazing. It's, it's crazy. I suppose it would be a little humbling, especially when they're reading about you saying wiping, getting help to wipe your rear end is a real thing. Yeah. Like, you read about that, and you're my fan. Yeah, that's a little weird. <laughs> yeah, right? Right. But I feel like people appreciate that about me, that I'm not afraid to explore those, like, taboo kind of things and topics. Um, I'm, I've always been an open person, so people will say, you're so, like, brave for talking about, like, someone wiping your butt or something. I'm like, I talk about this with anyone, anywhere, anytime. Like, this is a normal thing for me, and people think it's, like, me being, like, brave when it's just, like, me being me, you know? But I think you being you is why you do have quite a following, because... Mm-hmm. Yeah. You are sharing what is real and what we all think. You're saying what we all think. Right. I love that. I hate when people are, like, afraid to talk about things that, that's, like, on their mind. Like, why are we afraid to talk about these things? You know, it's, like, get them out there, tackle them, and then, like, understand each other better. Well, and people are attracted to genuine people. Oh, yeah. Your posts and your blogs and everything are very genuine. And you're like, this is it. This is life. This is yeah. me. Take it, Take it or yeah. leave it. Take it or leave it. Some people have left it, which is all right. It's okay. Do you think there's anything that is too edgy? Um, I mean, I've, I've talked a little bit. I've done a few blogs that were super kind of controversial about like, like I was comparing race and disability and a lot of people didn't like that. Uh, so I'm like, all right, honestly, I'm not even that knowledge about, knowledgeable about that. So I'm just gonna let that not be a part of like what I talk about, especially- Let that one sit right there. Yep, let that sit over there. Yep, and like, yeah, if people are, I don't wanna upset people either, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I want people to like get the wrong idea about me or be upset or like for me to hurt people's feelings by anything I write. So yeah, I'm just letting that one kind of 
So you recently did a post, and because May is Mental Health Awareness Month, you talked about your mental health and your kind of journey there recently in a post. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that one, <laughs> if anyone said I was brave for posting that, that one I, I did, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to post this. This is a little, like, really personal, um, super personal. I think that one was, like, the hardest post I ever did, for sure. But I had so many comments on that, and they were all beautiful, and it made it worth it. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it is something that, especially in the disability community, we do struggle with. Affected individuals, caregivers, in our own different ways, all have mental health struggles, some severe and some moderate and some mild. So I think it is a real thing, and I'm glad you went there. I'm glad you did have the bravery to go there. Um, I think, I know when I was reading it, it gave me a moment of, taking, you know, maybe a mental health inventory. Yeah. Think about, gosh, you know, like, are there moments that I need to do better for myself or for my daughter as she is becoming more aware of her own disability? Mm-hmm. So I'm glad you, you went there. And I, you know, just continue to be real is, is my mm-hmm. feedback for you. And I love that you do it. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And well, a lot of people said, like, I think the impression some people got from that was that, like, my mental health kind of thing that happened was, like, related to my disability or my thoughts about my disability, and it it really isn't. And I think that could be a misconception, like, maybe that people with disabilities are going to have mental health issues because they feel bad about their disability, when I think it's just a part of just living, like, for anybody. And mine was, I think it's just, like, you don't know why it happens. It just happens. And you're just trying to, like, navigate life. And these things happen to anybody, disability or not. Um, And so, yeah, I wanted to, like, clear that up, too, because I feel like it wasn't, like, strictly about my disability. Sure. Yeah. So how is your physical health doing currently? (laughs) Great. I've always been in, like, very good physical health for SMA. I really don't have any medical issues outside of, like, like SMA. It was, like, being weaker, using my BiPAP at night. And I, I'm on Spinraza, so that's amazing. Um, Spinraza is great. I get my next dose in, like, June. Yeah, my, my physical health is good. Glad to hear it. Yeah. Mm-hmm eating my greens and my smoothies and your mom's cooking oh yeah my mom's cooking so good maddie do you want to give us the lowdown of the giveaway we will be doing tied to this episode Yes, I would love to tell everybody about our giveaway that we are doing with Alex and Wheelchair Rapunzel Network. You get to look for a new post. You'll see Alex's podcast pop up, which is probably why you're listening. And then there will be another post about the giveaway where you get to pick any shirt in her inventory. And there are some fantastic ones there. Um, I know I think I have three sitting in my cart and <laughs> had a couple more. 
that I was looking at. Maddie's uh, like, I need shopping spray. I know, I need new clothes. It's springtime. I need some bright clothes, you know. My shirts and my cart are all pink. Um, <laughs> Matt, so, I need a shirt too. I know. I, ha- I was looking for the Are You Even Inclusive Bro shirt for him. Yes, yeah, so keep an eye out for the post. Everybody will go and like both Two Rare Mama Bears and Wheelchair Rapunzel on social media. Are we having them share it? And share? Yep, there'll be some opportunities for some extra entries. Mm-hmm. So keep an eye out, and we can't wait for everybody to be out there and sending pictures of their Wheelchair Rapunzel shirt. Whoop, whoop. Yes. Awesome. All right. That's a wrap, everybody. Thanks for listening today. See you next time. Thanks, Alex. Bye. Thanks, guys. Thanks for joining us and listening to Two Rare Mama Bears, a Cure CMD podcast, where these two mama bears will leave no stone unturned. Because failure is not an option. This podcast is nothing without you, our listeners. We welcome your feedback and topic suggestions. Please interact with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram where you will find us, Two Rare Mama Bears. Please subscribe to our podcast to receive notifications of new episodes and give us a rating or review. We would like to thank the talented individuals who keep us on task and make this podcast sound great, Luke Manley and Justin Meyer, respectively. The views expressed in this recording do not represent the opinion of Cure CMD or your podcast provider. Medical research, legal, or financial opinions or advice expressed in this podcast should not be substituted or interpreted as professional advice. Please consult your healthcare provider or other appropriate professional regarding any health-related or other concerns.